college roommate and for my foster sister, they went through the very same thing, but being people of color, they happened to be in a white school going through the same thing, being of a, one or two black children that experienced the same thing. And years later, God would bring us together, not knowing in our past until we begin to talk that we had shared very similar experiences. And we find in our lives that God brings us together with people. We have shared things because he was preparing us for a work that we would do in the future. And so we cannot say, Lord, what are you doing? Because we don't know what he is shaping and forming us for. And you can ask Miss Brooke. I was so happy when we came to Jacksonville because we have a multi-ethnic school. I'm so glad. And what do I love? The parents here. Yes. It's because I'm used to it. That's what I have lived with most of my life. And I really didn't fit in in Russ, which was all white, because I've never lived in an all-white community. But here, it God had prepared me for such a time as this. And we have to look at our circumstances and know that God is working and God is preparing us. And when I flew back home, we're talking about peace. Because to have peace, we have to have the ability to master negative emotions. And you know that God was started young with me? because I was born a very willful child, a strong-willed child. If you want to know, you look at Gigi, and that was me. I was very much like that. I could say what I wanted. I could demand what I wanted. It was nothing for that, but God had to temper that in me. And I had to learn the only thing worth fighting for was peace. And that we don't fight against people, but we fight against powers and principalities. And if you could shut that door for me, Caden, so we don't lose air, that would be great. So when we went on our trip and we got off our plane, we had very good service. My dad right now, while they're figuring out what is wrong with him, he can't walk very far at all. So they got a wheelchair for my parents and they uh, wheeled us to the baggage claim area and they had two people helping and they were getting our baggage and then one man had to leave and they were so nice and they were foreigners and probably Middle Easterners and just showed such great respect to my elderly parents and I could tell their culture valued that and they were so kind. And when, they, when the one man, he was trying to do everything and he got the baggage off the carousel and there was a rather wide-bodied woman in front of him with two, looked like of her grandchildren. And he said, excuse me, ma'am, 
she was talking on the phone and she turned around and in a guttural, demonic voice said, back up! Wow. And I was reminded, I'm in a zone where rioting and hatred is dominant. Yes. And I started praying in tongues quietly mm -hmm. because I did not want my elderly parents to be pushed out of their wheelchairs and assaulted because that is being done. Wow. If you haven't watched the news, that is being done to innocent people. And as I prayed, she went back to her phone conversation and then she told her grandchildren, and what a thing to model to your little grandchildren. Wow. But you see, I recognize the demonic. Not the lady, but the demonic in her. She said, we're in the wrong place. Come on, we got to go upstairs. I said, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> moving out of my territory. <laughs> Whew. And we were able. We got on a shuttle. We went to get our car and everything was a go till the lady looked at my license and she said it's expired. I said, yeah, because of COVID. She goes, well, you can't, I can't rent you a car. <laughs> I said, it's because of COVID. She goes, well, didn't you get an extension? They don't give extensions in Texas, it's okay. You can go 60 days past your date. <laughs> And just make an appointment when they're open and it'll be okay. We have two vehicles past the extension date for registration. It's okay. Nobody's going to stop us. They know our little department's closed down. Oh, no. I said, okay. They want my 86-year-old father to drive on the 405 to give you an example. It's like driving in Houston. Even worse, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the dashboard of that rental, I'm sure, has claw marks like this. <laughs> and I should have just driven because the police and the highway patrol are kind of being passive-aggressive since everybody's mad at them. They really aren't doing their job patrolling the highway. We didn't even see one. So people are driving 90 miles an hour. My dad said, this little Kia doesn't have much get up and go. I look and he's driving 90 miles an hour. I said, it has enough for you to go 90. He goes, well, they're running over me. And yes, in his defense, they were. One man passed on the shoulder of the freeway. Another guy passed two lanes, veered two lanes to get ahead of him. Wow. It was crazy because there are no police on the freeways because their hands are tied. They're not, they're ordered to stand down. So they're doing it. Wow. We wanted to get off the freeway as soon as possible, but we had a three hour drive to get to my cousin's house. So all of these things, Satan plots to disrupt our peace. We were going on vacation to have a good time. And it doesn't matter the reason Satan plots to disrupt your peace. 
there is an antidote. He, we must get to the point where we can master our negative emotions. That's why we correct our kids. If you've seen the looters and the rioters, you know they're 20-somethings who never had the wooden spoon applied to the backside. They never had discipline in their lives. They were allowed to express any negative emotion without consequence. Mm -hmm. We have to master that to get control of that. And how we do that as Christians, we have to know the word. Why do we have children memorize the word of God? Mm -hmm so that they look self-righteous, so that we can say, look how smart our children are? Yeah. No, so the word of yeah. God is instilled in them, yeah. so that when things of the world come against them, when Satan plots against them, they have something in them that they rise up and they can quote, because when he came against Christ himself, Christ is the word, and he quoted the word. Yes. Amen. And that is our antidote today. Let's turn to John 16, 33. I know I have my Bible somewhere. That's good. John 16, 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, that in what? Me. Me, you, ye might have peace. You might have what? But you don't know, Lord. You don't know that crazy woman who got in front of me. You don't know that crazy driver who was driving on the shoulder of the six-lane freeway. In me ye might have peace. And he goes on to say, in the world ye shall have what? Tribulation. Tribulation. Everybody say that. Tribulation. But be of good cheer... I have overcome the world. So right there he tells us, the word is going to give us what? Peace. Because he is the word. In the beginning was the word. But in the world, you're going to have trouble. Yes. Okay, so part of that is knowing, hey, we're in the world. What's the world going to give us? Trouble. Trouble. Okay. We got it. So is it going to be any surprise? Okay, somebody just made me a little crazy this morning. Is that a shocker? No. What did the Lord tell us? It's going to mess with you. So don't let it upset you. What's the world going to do? Say the world's going to mess with me. The world's going to mess with me. But what's Jesus going to do? Give me peace. And you think these are random words? No. He just told them, I'm going to go away with you. He told Peter, he just told Peter, you're going to deny me. Prior without saying that, Peter said, oh, no, Lord, not me, never. I'll, I'll, I'll lay my life down for you. He didn't know. But Jesus did. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know you can't see what I know. But don't even let your heart be troubled by this. Because I see all the way to the end. And that's what he wants us to be encouraged in. He knows there's going to be trouble. 
But if we're centered in him, we have the word in us. And that's what we have to do. When the worst thing comes against us, and do you recognize that sometimes he seems to use a certain person to stir up stuff in us? Oh, it's just me, probably. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> and we've got to look at that objectively and say, why am I playing this game over and over again? If I'm letting the same person, then I'm letting the enemy use that person to come against me. I have, you know what? Vacations like for a pastor? Everywhere you go, you got a pastor. See, see, Joe, you'll know this. She'll go and you'll yeah, be laying on the, TV, you'll yeah, be yeah. laying on the beach and somebody comes in. You know, in this situation. <laughs> it, it's okay. Because see, God brought you there and he has that in me. It's alright. I, I don't ever not want to give out what God has in me. But but it's not just it, it's not just fun and games all the time. And 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 I had to do I had a family where the dad the, the little girl had a birthday party at her mama's house. And then the next day she had to have a birthday at her daddy's house because they're divorced. And something happened where the daddy got mad and said, you get out of my house right now. But he wouldn't let her call her mom. And this is in the inland where it's 110 degrees. And the 12-year-old didn't know if she could call Child Protective Services, and they would have picked her up. Not that that's the best thing to do anyway, but, you know, there weren't options. And the family's like, what do we do? I said, well, you can spend $10,000 and go to court, and probably nothing will be resolved. Mm -hmm. Probably, because I've been there, done that many times with clients and stuff. I said, but let's do an activity with the family. And I said, sometimes kids can see anger as a big volcano blowing up and everything molten lava comes up the ash and the smoke and it blows and it gets on people so i want you to draw all the kids in the family with it yourself holding an umbrella and that umbrella is shielding you from everything coming out of the umbrella mm. now your dad has an anger problem they looked at their mom like is that okay to say <laughs> it's okay your mom knows he has an anger problem and you know what your dad's a good guy otherwise because he really is he's a dad that pays child support imagine that there are those there are dads that pay child support i said but he just has this problem he doesn't know how to control his anger i said and he really doesn't mean to hurt you but it is hurting you so you have to have this umbrella and when his anger is spewing, you got to remember, I'm protected yes. by the blood of Jesus. That's good. And he made me. And he made me beautiful. And because I'm in him, I have peace. I have peace that's bigger than this, than this volcano that's exploding all over me. Yes. And the kids were drawn. 
and they were believing. And then I said, now, but you can draw whatever you want of, of anger and how it looks. And they just went on and on and on. And after it was done, then the mom and the grandma, they come to me and they, do you think they need therapy? And I said, I think they got out what they needed. I said, therapy is only needed when something is interfering with a person's ability to make a living, a person's ability to sustain relationships, or a person's ability to have to maintain in school. We're all functioning in those areas. Sometimes it's just ability to, to, to be safe, to, to be able to cope in something. And I think they got that today. But do you see how they, we use the word in that little art therapy to remind them who they are in Christ Jesus? And as adults, we need to do the same thing. When that person or that trigger hits us, we need to remind us of the word. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in him. Because that's what brings peace and we have to remember oh yeah this person plays this game because in the past they have learned to manipulate me they have learned to set me off they have learned how to make me feel less than but now I have the word in me and I recognize the game I recognize the enemy and I recognize it's really powers and principalities that is working in that person and I am not going to engage in that anymore. Important to teach your children because children have conflict in school and too many times well-intended parents have said, well, just be kind to them. That doesn't work with kids like me. Because yeah. kids like me, I just want to slap them. Okay, and I see you laughing because that's how you feel too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're good, buddy. You don't do it, but that's how you feel. you got to teach them spiritual warfare. Yes, that's good. And it's not about that person and how to handle it. And even Jojo was rejected by some cousins because when there's a group and he was the new kid and he was rejected... I just said, you know, Jojo, the Lord says if you want to have friends, you must first so show yourself friendly. I want to take you to the bakery where I loved when I was a little girl. And we're going to buy my favorite cookies, and we're going to take them back to everybody. Because everybody likes somebody with treats. Yes. And if you go in bringing gifts, everybody was going to come to you for the treats. I didn't say go tell their mother, because you know how effective that is. Yeah. That little tattletale. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, there's some scriptural ways to handle it. Go to the Word with your kids and help them find that. We have the solution in the Word. We have peace. And sometimes as our kids get older, we teach them sometimes we walk alone according to the Word. Sometimes we even have to do that to have peace. But let's turn to 2 Corinthians 13, 11. There. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. 
Live in peace and the love of God and peace shall be with you. Oh, we are guaranteed that. Isn't that great? See, Brooke is a pretty good person of letting things roll down her back, but there are things that even get to you with your personality, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> You're one of them. Did you hear that? He said, I'm one of them. <laughs> live in peace. How do we do it? We live in the word. We have to live in the word because negative emotions turn us away from God. Yeah. You know what we want to do? We want to, when negative emotions make us want to do everything in the flesh ourselves. And who's been there, done that, knows that that only results in more problems for us yeah. when we take it into our own hands. Turn to John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. We're not to have a troubled heart. Stay in the word. Yes. Stay in the word. Proverbs 4.20 My son, attend to my words. Oh, attend to what? Words. Oh, words over and over. Incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Oh, that sounds like his tell memorize. Put it in there. That's good. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all the flesh. Oh, strife isn't. Strife isn't. When you're fighting with somebody, when you're engaging in a battle, what does it do? We got nurses here. We got counselors here. It raises your blood pressure. It makes you unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Causes your blood to, the flow to constrict. But it says it's life unto them that find them and to help to all their flesh. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Oh, what an antidote we have for our physical and mental health that you know the only thing worth fighting for is our peace. Yes. And it's not a battle against others, but it's a battle against powers and principalities in high places. And we fight that on our knees. I was not about to engage in that woman and say, well, that's rude. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't want to smack that. <laughs> 
Amen. She was big enough to give me one. <coughs> I wanted to. I wasn't going to lay on the beach with a black eye. <laughs> oh, I wanted to enjoy my vacation. Yes. You know what happened at that, that time I spent eighth grade? That violent, terrific school. He moved. He accepted a church in this poverty area. We used to drive past it, our family. My sister and I would look at that area and we'd say, wouldn't you just die if you had to live there? That's how bad it was. And I thought I was going to die when he said, we're moving. My mom called me at a party, a Halloween party, to say, we got the church in Sunny Me. She was so happy, and I go, oh, my God. <laughs> what have you done to our family? <laughs> oh. But the first day of school, they have another little student take me around the first day. Show me. We went into the cafeteria. And there were no groups setting together. Everyone was engaged. And there were blended kids, multiracial kids, because we were at an Air Force base and everyone had been around the world and it was so common to be intermarried, even though it was still 1968, for Air Force men to be around the world in intermarried cultures. And I looked, and I was so happy to be in an environment where people liked each other and it wasn't racially divided. September because she wants to she's a Brooks godmother and she wants to be here when the baby's born and she has a job because of COVID she can work a lot from home so she's gonna work come out here and work uh, hopefully for a whole month if she gets that arranged so she can be here for Brooks baby but we had a multi-ethnic church in that time period. And I've told you before, it was a very volatile year. There were riots across the nation in 1968, race riots. There were, there was the Vietnam War. There was the Asian flu. There were so many things happening, but there was a movement that was started. And it was the Jesus people. And it was so exciting because I got a 10-speed bike and me and my best friend would ride our bikes to a nearby town so we could go and have meetings with the Jesus people. See, my dad had a traditional church and the traditional church wasn't very welcoming 
to hippies. But we wanted to be part, because we were just 13, 14. We wanted to be part of that. You know, we even had Bible studies in the big old graveyard. We thought it was cool. We were in the shady, and we had that 100-degree weather, and these were all shade-covered with the big tombstones and stuff, and we didn't care. We weren't superstitious. We just went in there, and it was quiet. We could have our Bible studies. We could pray. People thought we were crazy anyway, so it didn't matter. But we saw the beginning of revival across America. Before we moved out of Bakersfield, there was a little community church where, right down the street from where my cousin lives in Bakersfield, California. My friend said, can you come to church with me on a Wednesday night? I asked my parents, they said, yeah, it's okay. It was Fruitvale Community. I didn't know it. But it was the church where the Jesus people started the revival in Bakersfield, California. Wow. Just with all the turmoil, so much that we're doing. You're bringing that revival that the Jews took up. Don't even look. It doesn't matter what any of the establishment is saying or doing. When you set them down on Saturday, I said, Praise God. Praise God, you're not traditional. You're not looking for what somebody else is doing. You're just looking, and people are going to say, hey, what are they doing on Saturday night? Amen. And they're going to go for something different because tradition is not meeting the needs of people. Yeah. The church, the traditional church is not meeting. People are hurting. People need the word. They need to know, God, what do I do when I get so angry? Because I don't want this controlling me anymore. They need the word. They need the word. And they need the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain them. And traditional church is not allowing either to speak out. The Holy Ghost is not a silent member of the Trinity. He's alive, he's well, and he's doing a work across America today. Bishop, you want to say anything this morning? Bow your head. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the work that you're doing among us. Lord, as we're working with your children, continue to speak into their lives, to speak into their hearts. Lord, you know the need we have. We need teachers, Lord. We need teachers who will love your children. We need teachers who will show the love of God to them, who will be long-suffering and who will work with them. And, Father, we need them now. Father, we believe that you will send them in in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to say anything, share anything? I just just think that, like, you can worship at any time, too. Like, many people.